Hey, how you doing, Ignite City? Hey, I want to take us a little bit through uh, Joshua chapter 21, the very end of the chapter. Uh, and listen to verse 43. So the Lord gave Israel all the land that he had sworn to give their ancestors, and they took possession of it and settled there. And I stopped there. I actually highlighted 43 and 44 because this was a promise that God had made hundreds of years before this. And God was faithful. And so the promise that was given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob back in the day was finally fulfilled in the people of Israel as they were taken into the promised land. And you see what it is that God did in verse 44. The Lord gave them rest on every side. Doesn't that word rest just resonate with you? That we want the Lord's rest. And it makes me think of Matthew chapter 11, I think starting around verse 28, where Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That friends, there there will be seasons where we have to, quote unquote, do battle. That we'll have to fight, or we'll go through valleys of the shadow of death, or we'll go through difficulties. But God is going to fulfill his promise. And so whether it's a promise that he's made to us personally, or it's a promise that he made to people hundreds of years before us, and now he's fulfilling it in our time, do we actually live within the timetable of God's fulfillment and the way that God promises and the way that God works? Or do we just think that all of God's promises are for right now, right when he gives them to me, that I will experience them in my lifetime? He gave a promise to Abraham that Abraham would never truly get to experience. Moses didn't even get to go into the promised land, but God was faithful to the promises that he gave to the ancestors. Look what it says again, verse 43. So the Lord gave Israel all the land that he had sworn to give their ancestors, and they took possession of it and settled there. So this wasn't a promise that was that he gave to the Israelites in this time period in their lifetime. This was promised to them uh, generations before. And friends, we need to remember that God is fulfilling promises that he's given to uh, followers of Jesus generations before. And and gosh, how humbling is it to think that God is that faithful? As it continues, it says, none of their enemies were able to stand against them for the Lord handed over all their enemies to them. So again, God is the one causing the victory. God is the one who's in the fight. But then look at verse 45. None of the good promises the Lord had made to the house of Israel failed. Everything was fulfilled. And I put a box around that, those last three words. Everything was fulfilled. And in fact, I wrote this statement at the bottom of my Bible as my prayer to God, according to that, according to those words, um, or actually the whole passage, 43 to 45, I wrote this, God, please teach me to trust you according to your pace of faithfulness instead of my pace of entitlement. Friends, we need to make sure that we don't approach God with this timetable. That we pray and therefore God has to do it immediately. It doesn't mean we don't ask for things immediately. We can ask God to do anything and say, God, would you heal? Or would you do this, something for this person before tomorrow? Or would you help them in getting their job? They have an interview tomorrow. Will you help them to hear this week? There's nothing wrong with asking those things. But there is there there is a necessity for us to come back to, but God, your kingdom come, your will be done. And I think we need to add in 
not to the scriptures, but add in this to our mentality and to our uh, and and into our request according to true perspective, that we should be saying, "Your kingdom come, your will be done, according to your timetable." Even if what you promise is not going to be fulfilled in the immediate, God, may I never, may I never uh, question your faithfulness because I don't see it. I don't see uh, answers to my prayer in the immediate. I want to learn how to walk at his pace. And so I want to learn to trust him at his pace of faithfulness. And so if it takes generations, then I trust him. And I won't be around for the fulfillment of that promise. So be it. But I want to learn to trust him according to his pace of faithfulness instead of my pace of entitlement. I had to ask the question. I was reading a book um, by by Rebecca McLaughlin. It's a story about Jesus and being the hero of the Gospels. And I think it's, uh, and, and as I read this certain section, and I can't remember, I don't have it here with me, but I wrote at the top of the book, do I actually see myself as unworthy of God? Or do I find myself kind of moving into a place of entitlement? So I think it's, maybe it's pretty telling for me that there's something the Holy Spirit wants to remind me of because I ask that question as I'm reading the book. Then I get to this section of Scripture um, where it's really kind of confronting this sense of entitlement. And I don't want to approach God with a sense of entitlement. I want to, I want to approach God saying, I am not worthy. I'm not worthy of anything that you give to me. Because it's the truth. It's the reality. I'm not worthy. We, we are not worthy of anything that God gives. It's his gift that's based upon his grace and his mercy and his desire to show love toward us but it's not based upon my right to anything. It's not based upon your right to anything. And so I'll say this again, and may this be our prayer um, from what we from what we see in here in Joshua uh, 21 uh, at the end of the chapter. God, please teach us to trust you according to your pace of faithfulness instead of our pace of entitlement. Friends, I hope this is an encouragement and a challenge to you. Uh, love you more than you know. We'll talk soon.